Hi, Jeremy. Hi, Raphael. Oh, hey. can, my cat just jumped on me. I don't know if oh, you can good. hear. They're trying to, can you hear purring? Oh, they're covering mm. the mic. <laughs> no, terrible. but I like the energy. I like that we just <laughs> fall right into like, oops, oh, yeah. we're here. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, so there's literally just, you might hear purring because they're like right next to the mic, but. Do you think Canadians use the word sorry more than Americans? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. My, I think I've said it's on the like podcast before. Your national flag should say sorry. Well, I always wanted to make a piece of public art for Canada that would hit, like, sit on a very tall hill or mountain, and it would just be like rainbow colors and say "sorry" with a big exclamation mark. Well, you and... know, you know, I, I made a work. Uh, I'm very, very sorry. dot com was one of my earliest websites. You were channeling that. Do you know that work or not? Because it's kind of it. I wanted to, at the time. I thought. There's so many subjects in art, and I thought an apology is an interesting subject. And so I, I designed it in a way where it feels like the word is standing on a mirror glass water surface and drops are falling on it. And mm. yeah, it's still, on, it, it, it's still online since 2002, I think. I think it was my first domain name that I bought that was the title of the piece, and it's also the content of the piece. I think I have seen that one. Is there sound too? Like each yeah. Time? yeah, you hear the drips falling, which kind of either... Uh, conjure space or tears or whatever you want to uh, mm -hmm. think yeah I think when I saw it like I thought had you recently broken up with someone like a girlfriend or something like that no but I I, <laughs> I had I had done lots of stuff and I had this thing where whenever I apologize people think I'm making a joke mm. it didn't seem sincere yeah yeah no. it's just my tone of voice and then it's like oh I'm really sorry and they're like yeah you're <laughs> fucking with me that's funny anyway. I yeah. don't have that problem as much, but Canadians just drop it in. Like, even if you hold the door open, you I apologize. That's the first thing to do. Well, and, the, and that's the weird thing in the U.S. Like, it, it's the same. And I'm not used to that from the Netherlands. But if I bump to bump into someone, they'll apologize. Yeah, it's interesting because we like maybe this is too work related, but um, even in teams I've worked with over the years in Canada versus America. Canadian teams will often, in marketing contexts, they'll be afraid to say something that's not, not only does it, is it maybe like true, but it's not true enough. Like they'll be like, well, we're kind of good at this. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, that, that's yeah. for sure. I think. Um, Whereas being, Americans will being, be like, we're amazing. <laughs> well, and, I, I thought about that a lot because a lot of people like, what what is unique about the United States? Confidence, yeah. And it's enthusiasm, I think. It, mm. The confidence comes from enthusiasm. And I think the enthusiasm is a blessing and a curse. And like maybe they go way too enthusiastic with their foreign policy. Oh, let's bomb the shit out of this or that. Mm -hmm. And it, maybe they go way too enthusiastic with capitalism sometimes. But then, yeah, enthusiasm is a double-edged sword. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. But it, it definitely seems like people get so excited. more In the Netherlands, it's like, oh, I guess that's cool. Yeah. So we just um, spent a weekend together. Um, oh yeah, you were you came to New York for Seven on Seven. Yeah, and I, uh, you know, I, Seven on Seven was interesting. We could talk about that, but also I got to visit your studio, which I had assumed would be like just kind of getting started. But instead, it was like I walked into Jeff Koons' studio like after twenty five years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not that you were doing like shiny mirror balls, but you had a lot of work done and I know yeah. yesterday you shared with me that you're kind of like you've started to realize that maybe you're more driven than the average person I was like uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> no I I think um well first of all the studio has been really fun and it's um 
a lot easier than I thought. It, it goes a lot faster than I thought. And the yeah. proudest thing for me in the studio is the rack that I built with a friend, Mike Ambrin. Oh, and I didn't it, realize it's, that. It seems yeah. silly. It seems silly to be proud about a rack, but the rack is is a way to reduce fear because I feel like oh, there's still so much space in this rack, so I can create a lot of paintings and they have a place, even mm -hmm. if they don't go anywhere. Um, so that's one of the yeah. But the topic of this episode is a bit on a somber note. I oh, guess. you want to jump straight into it? Okay, sure. I don't know. Yeah. Well. It, well, one thing I, before we go there, like, yeah. I, so I talked to your, you hosted a dinner party too while I was there, which was really oh, yeah. nice of you. The tacos. And um, while you were not with the you and our other your other friends, like a bunch of your friends were over, I I made a joke that uh, when you referring to your studio, you had kind of achieved perfection. Like I finally achieved perfection. <laughs> like, <laughs> and everyone laughed because we you and your friends all know that like you know, you are relentless in your pursuit of like, in terms of optimization, reaching that like moment of creativity where you're totally focused and able to achieve your goals. I think that's a good segue into like, you know, the thing you wanted to talk about today. Yeah. Um, you know, which is like in the pursuit of a goal, you really sometimes have to make some difficult choices. Yeah. And then I, I think, um, the podcast started as, as a way to demystify the art practice and to share with people what's possible within anyone's context. And some people can jump right in and some people do art on the side and some people do it as a hobby. Some people do it communally. And, and we wanted to both share our experiences as a way of, of um, opening up because when you see artists from afar, you're like, Oh, that's impossible. How can anyone ever get started? And, just to, to preface this i don't know if you agree with that but that was my interest in the podcast yeah for me yeah a lot of the feedback i got you know as an artist so the number one thing for me was a lot of people assume that unless you're doing art full-time you're not an artist yeah exactly. but like 99.9 percent of artists i know actually work a job in addition to making art like you know in all kinds of work and also that's nothing i felt ashamed about that for a long time and so for me, coming out and talking about being excited well, about I, my I, job. I don't yeah. think it's just shame. It's also when you hear about a new musician, mm -hmm. like especially in rap or in, in black metal or things like that, when you hear that they're doing crimes and came from the street, all of a sudden everybody's interest is peaked. Mm. Because you're like, okay, this person is going all the way, this very real, whatever. Maybe the hobbyist makes a better song. But your interest is peaked when you hear, oh, this artist was living on the street for five years to support his his or her dream or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, So it's not just a matter of shame. It's also a matter of storytelling of like you don't want to do a startup back to the enthusiasm where like, oh, we, we made a new phone kind of. I don't know. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. It's a phone. I guess it works like mm -hmm. that would be a weird, weird marketing message. Mm hmm. Yeah, but I still think I make legitimate art at the museum yeah. level. And so Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you opened up and I'm mm -hmm. saying before that you might never mention <laughs> right. your career outside of art and you opened up about that on the podcast. Yeah, and also like even in the corporate context I started bringing my whole self to work, letting people know as an artist like and that that was what was unique about me as a 
you know, design leader in technology. Yeah. So that I remember when I first started doing that, though, outside of the podcast, people would cringe, like they would literally give me like a look of pain in their eyes. And I was like, why is that? You know, like, and I think it was because I was potentially, well, A, I worked in accounting, which <laughs> accounting software, <laughs> they're like, what are you talking about? You're crazy. Yeah. Uh, but also, I think, to your point, like we have this, these mythologies about what it, what it means to be successful. And this is something where you and I often chat outside the podcast about, we don't want to give advice on how to be successful. There's no one right way. There are many ways to be you. And to well, be and, and, and it, it's not just that. I think you mentioned the word that I pursue goals. I don't have goals other than no. making the work itself. Well, you do have a goal of a hundred paintings. You told me that. So. Yeah, but that's the work itself. <laughs> so it, it's, it's, there's a big difference when people say, how do you, and, and part of why I don't want to do podcasts anymore is that podcasts in the end, it's very difficult to talk about art itself because it's a very visual medium and it's dreamy and poetic and subtle mm -hmm. and conversation just always goes towards, Oh, can you help me figure out grants? Uh, how do I deal with uh, documentation and all these things? And I don't think I'm, exceptional in any any of those things so then yeah. and, and and so there's a thing when artists get, they, they say that there's a saying like when rich people get together they talk about art and when artists get together they talk about money because they don't have money so they have to talk to each other how to get money so you can be an artist how do i get the money yeah <laughs> and i don't think anyone has ever told me anything that that helped it's just like trial and error but um I, from what I've learned from hanging out with artists, both full-time and non-full-time, and being in the Netherlands, it's much easier to be a full-time artist than in, in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Life is cheaper and there are more grants. And I think, I think Canada, the U.S. is probably the hardest place in the world yeah, to be Yeah, but Canada, Canada is similar. Like, you can mm -hmm. live in a small town and have grants, but then you're kind of removed from the art world. But, yeah. but my point is, I, yeah, the point was, my point is that if there's any... Um, sort of the things that helped me along the way, there's a lot of interviews with artists that I found very encouraging, but most of the time it was them talking about the work itself, not about how they dealt with the gallery or applied for a grant. Mm -hmm. So an example is Roy Lichtenstein didn't find, found, he didn't find his thing, as you say, his thing, until he was 40 or 42. Before that, he was kind of a derivative fan of Picasso, his work was not very original. And then he, he went, he, I think he found a piece of bubblegum wrap on his studio floor and painted that. And it just changed everything. But but the, the bubblegum wrap story is true. Yes. Yeah. But the thing I remember in an interview, and this is where I found it interesting. He said, yeah, the main idea that I brought to painting was the Benday dots, the, the enlargement of industrial reproduction. So you have these dots that, make a page and, and, and can make a tone of a color in a comic book or in any old printing method. Yep. And he enlarged that into painting. And that's a very strange contradiction because of course, painting is not printed, print is printed. And there's a whole tension there. And he said, that was my big idea. And, and I never had a big idea as big as that after that. And I just have to accept that. And mm -hmm. that kind of remark is something you say in an interview. It's not something that comes up in this podcast because the nature of conversation and the podcast space conversation always goes towards power mm. it, so grants is about power 
and cities are about power and and all these things are about power and you can say well Liechtenstein is a is a white mill in the US so he's so privileged blah blah you can see everything through that lens mm -hmm. you can discuss privilege for days you can I'm not interested even if things are unfair I'm just interested in the making and those tiny decisions and I felt more and more that podcasts um just as a medium you mean podcast as a medium veer towards gossip and 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 that's not you and me or anyone it's just that's the medium and mm -hmm. and i stopped listening to podcasts recently i would listen for an hour and a half each morning so you have this you know i wake up three hours before christina make breakfast uh, look at my emails and, uh, and it's just this weird companionship that's very comforting and it was just all this noise of messages that everybody think are true and it's kind of programming you and i it, i tried to mm -hmm. reduce it and i just couldn't reduce it and then i i stopped and i felt so much better and i felt my brain in the morning opening up mm -hmm. and then i was like i can't contribute to this same attention war anymore yeah i mean one thing i think is different about what you and i do versus the norm and i and maybe this is why we're you know it unsuccessful <laughs> i mean i don't want to use that word but um is that I, I like for me this podcast is i i can't think any other way than out loud and you mentioned to me recently that you've started writing more again well it, it, like the moment so i i was thinking about it for a long time because i don't take it lightly in a, our friendship mm -hmm. and and a, a big part of the podcast over time became uh the idea of dealing with a remote friendship which is hard to yeah. like i have a lot yeah. of friends from berlin that i'm not in touch with anymore because it's just weird yeah. to just i think at our age it's weird to just talk most of the time you do something with a goal it's like oh let's do a podcast let's do a collaboration mm -hmm. so that's one thing i don't take lightly and but then but you're also very you've always been a good friend that way like you reach out you want to have yeah phone calls, but yeah. i there's a lot of friends that i would like to speak to more often and it, it's just you know people mm -hmm. have their lives yeah, but um, what was I trying to say? The the um, no. So as soon as I told you, so before all this, I was also a little bit like I've been frustrated with a lot of friends. You remember the episode about giving up? Mm, maybe no. We, we had yeah. a we had a oh, list, yeah. listener question: giving up, yeah. and I think there giving was a trend up. on YouTube about giving up YouTube. Yes, and, yes, I do and, remember. And a friend, an NFT artist, came to my studio and he's like, have you thought about giving up or at what point? And the thought just never occurred to me. Yeah, it's never occurred to me either. No. And and so then giving up the podcast is also kind of a weird thing. But as soon as I made the decision and I texted you about it, I explained that um, the nature of this kind of public conversation just veers towards talking about power it just mm -hmm. gets in there and and to me art making is this this um denial of information and power which is very difficult so mm -hmm. agnes martin who's from canada she has this quote I, I paint with my back to the world and that's the state of mind that i need to make my work i need to shut out the world and so as soon as i texted you i was very relieved that it was not that i don't like you and that there's a problem between us it's i need this other mental space and i think art making is like being in a trance-like state mm -hmm. i'm convinced of that 
And as soon as I, it was like a weight off my shoulders because I, I, at first I was like, am I angry at Jeremy? Is that why I want to stop? But I wrote it down and it's like, no, it's mm. about the nature of podcasting. It would be okay if you were angry at me. I would understand. Yeah, but I'd rather not. I'd rather. And so as soon as I did that, like immediately the next day, I started being like, what do I want to talk about? And I started writing down all these notes about color. And so now I'm thinking about writing a color theory book for from my perspective and dealing with color on the web and in exhibitions and in textile and in movement and in lenticulars and in painting and a sort of ethos of color throughout different mediums. Mm. And that's just something that you could talk about, but I think when I write, I am much more concise and precise. And so that's what I want to, but I'm just saying anything you commit to any focus takes away from another focus. And and yeah, I, yeah. I felt it immediately after I wrote you. It, it's like, Oh, that's great. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's, I mean, uh, like just so you know, a little bit about my psychology in this situation, like I wasn't upset at all. I was actually uh, happy for you. I think okay. in these in these contexts, like you, it's important for me anyway. Like you got to, you said you. What got are you going to gonna do with this reduction in cash flow? Yeah, that's going to be tough. There's no cash flow. <laughs> uh, no, but I think in in my life, like my mom, early on, she was like, uh, Jeremy, it doesn't. You know, if I was if I was failing a class, I there was one rule in my house. Growing up, my parents weren't around really that much. Uh, they they really let us be free and creative and. The main thing for them was to, they would fund any of our passions. So if you're, if we like to draw, they'd be like, here's a drawing set, like go wild. But they had one other, one rule in kind of exchange for that, I think, tremendous uh, gift, which is we weren't allowed to quit anything, you know. And so I think that it got embedded in me at some time. And I, I mentioned to you, I honestly, I will just continue down a, even a rotten path as long as it takes to see. I would, recommend, I would recommend you and anyone not to believe that whatever happened in your childhood is uh, no, I know, I know, written it, in stone. Uh, like It's not written in stone. Humans are I'm just flexible. Saying, yeah. <laughs> of course they are. But I think that I have a habit of yeah, overstaying sure. my I think most, most, most people do. And, and uh, yeah. um, I think we paused the podcast at several times and restarted it. So maybe this is a pause. But... I really felt better after quitting podcast. It really was an hour and a half a day, which seems fine. Mm. The best example I could give you of, of why I thought it was toxic is I like the, it's I don't toxic. Want to, yeah. <laughs> oh, the podcasts were toxic, not us. Yeah. No. So, so I, I mentioned this many times. <laughs> there's, there's the verge and pivot. These sort of mainstream replacement of the news. They're like, they're like at the top of the podcast list in the yeah. top 10, I think. Yeah. So I listen to those. They're clearly mental programming. Like they keep saying, you need to invest, you need to invest. And they talk about investors and investing and investing. Mm -hmm. And so you, you end up in this world where no one starts a small business because you can get so much better returns giving the money to some assholes in the valley. Mm -hmm. And so it's just this mental programming. Give us your money. We're, we're the adults. We'll take care of it. Da, 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 da. And it's this big, yeah, I, I've, I've started really... Um, seeing it for what it is in, in my eyes and and hmm. i see I, mean, I, I saw a lot of artists our age getting obsessed with with money in a, in a more conservative way getting obsessed with crypto as an investment thing hmm. and it taking over your brain and then yeah and so i don't think i'm not saying all podcasts are pro capitalist propaganda but they're all Basically, every podcast I listen to is either about power or self-promotion. 
So interviews with artists are mostly self-promotion. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I know that anyone who's listening now is a fan of podcasts if they're listening to this and but no, not I, necessarily. Yeah. I don't think like I think like I said, I think we're bizarre enough a podcast that anyone who's listening might only listen to this podcast. Um, <laughs> I know you said that like you don't yeah. think anyone listens to this, but I meet people every day. Like it's kind of weird how many people uh, I know from all walks of life, including like my mother's like best friend who's like 80 years old. Oh, but wow. okay. The, when I hear that, I'm always like, well, I guess grateful. we can train an AI and, and keep the podcast going. No, no, no. But I'm always grateful to hear that, that <laughs> yeah. we've created something that is unique enough that an 80 year old can listen to it. Someone I worked with, you know, 10 years ago at Fresh Books can listen. And then an artist in Berlin can also find value. Now, at yeah. the same time, I appreciate that it, this podcast wouldn't exist without our creative energy. And so I think like when I hear, hey, I'm not feeling the creative energy anymore. I think to myself, well, yeah, you got to take a break. You, and maybe it's a maybe it's a forever break, but maybe you'll come back and find something different. Like, um, Well, it, it, there's a, the interesting thing that uh, I'm a big fan of Andy Warhol's. And I think mostly I'm really interested in artists that are very complete in their exploration of any medium. Mm -hmm. And there's few examples like Warhol, where it's really every side not even every side of art making it's almost every side of life he, from filmmaking to managing bands to uh, gender identity before anyone talked about it to war to politics and it, it, just everything and he has a book uh, the a to b of andy warhol and the philosophy of andy warhol from a to b and back again mm -hmm. yeah i read it and it's just this what i'm talking about is that Artists are part their work and part the personality. And then you try to find a place for your personality. And maybe for you, I think performance is really where your full self comes to, to fruition. I love connecting with people. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. And, and then writing. And, and so I think that's why I'm not so interested in this sort of format explaining how to be successful or educating. And, and yeah. Yeah. Like Picasso educated millions of people without being a teacher like yeah. you don't have to literally teach well i also think like one of the things we've talked about on this podcast forever is a McLuhan statement another canadian uh, not to make this a canada versus <laughs> but uh, he always said you know the medium is the message but over time you know podcasts have evolved i think to uh indoctrinate a certain formula yeah and you and, and advice is probably but, but yeah let, let's yeah. It, it's it's very true that the format dictates the tone and then when i think about art podcasts do you, can you think of examples that you still listen to over time i tried like so i would i think i've mentioned this to you on you know you've you've brought this topic up for a few months now right like i always notice you have patterns that you get really deep on like you'll get almost like stuck in a rut until you find the solution, which I think you did in this case. Yeah. You've asked me like at the beginning of every episode, like so what podcast are you listening to? And I didn't realize yeah. what it was about until just recently, obviously. But yeah. I tried early on to listen to our podcast. I think I said to you on like just three episodes ago and found them very irritating uh, because I think to your point, I, I found that they were either providing narrow advice or, um, irrelevant information like it's such a large concept and world that it, like saying the art world I always laugh at that idea right because it's like oh you mean everything you know like yeah. 
Yeah. And so, and then, so you have like non-experts talking about everything. <laughs> uh, and honestly, like, I, I just found it insincere, like a lot of times. Uh, and I usually seek out sincere voices, which is why I've always done this. Cause I, I believe that you and I are uncompromising in our integrity. Yeah. There's not much to gain from doing this. It's not, there's like no, we, we have no agenda. Like, we don't have no, any sponsors. Yeah, no, yeah. No sponsor. We gave up on that like so long ago. And you were like, <laughs> how long have we been doing this podcast? Four years, five years. I was like, no, eight years, Raph. Yeah. Years for eight years. <laughs> Almost yeah. a decade of just chatting and shooting the shit without a goal or an imperative or. But so, yeah. yeah. What's interesting about shooting the shit. You're like, especially we brought the podcast down to a 10 minute format. We're now oh, at, at 25, 25 minutes. Yeah, 25, yeah. Doing the podcast is is not just talking for 20 minutes. It's the rest of the week that I think about it. So it, it comes mm -hmm. up all the time. And then uh, uh, there's an inner monologue. Like I'm thinking about, like, oh, should I paint on linen or on cotton? And you think about it. And then mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, the Vision Pro is coming up. Okay, th this is the best example. The Vision Pro you can look at it from a power perspective or from an art perspective. And from a power perspective, immediately I feel very sad. It's like, this is a literal prison on your face. <laughs> it's very controlled. We're just becoming slaves. It's more and more, you're isolated from other people. All I those thoughts. Think about it that way, though. Okay, well, I think about it that way at first. And, and it's part of, I'm like, oh, we're going to do an episode about it, our impressions, then we're going to try it on at the store, we're going to talk about it, and I'm just going to be a grumpy old guy who hates technology. Mm. Then I told you I want to quit the podcast, da, 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 and I start writing about color theory and why colors on the web are different than colors on Times Square on an LED screen, etc. Mm -hmm. And then I start thinking, oh, maybe the Vision Pro has a very unique color experience, and I should explore that and maybe websites on the vision pro are the best viewing experience and i start thinking from a more formal yeah. perspective and that's what i mean with the nature of casual podcast conversation that it goes towards power because you can't see the thing so we can't discuss the colors that you see we don't have and mm. maybe the vision pro is not the best example but that yeah, could the conversation be. just always uh, like, oh, what's the Cybertruck like? And then we talk like, oh, it's an alt-right mobile. And, and it, go it just goes towards power. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, definitely it tends towards that. And I think I might have some influence on that because my background is sociology, which is really the study of interactions between people but honestly quite often yeah, those interactions but I, I, power. I thought about it like, oh, mm -hmm. Jeremy's focus is, is on community and human relationships. Mm-hmm. But I don't think if I was talking to uh, Brian Eno on a podcast that we would talk about color, it would also veer towards Extinction Rebellion. And mm -hmm. it, it's just the nature of conversation. It always goes to power. I don't mm. know why. Yeah. I'd like yeah. to think we have more nuanced conversations, but I hear what you're saying. I yeah. am going to still call you to ask about the Vision Pro. Like, I, you know, like, we're, like, like as a friend, I'm interested in your experience. Also, in yeah. relationship to color theory, I'm interested in what you're going to say, because I think I've shared with you, I have two different eyes, um, and one has a different color yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. than the other, in terms of the, I well, read color differently. Yesterday, uh, our mutual friend, uh, so Austin Lee was at the dinner when you were in New York, mm -hmm. and, and he... He just got the Vision Pro yesterday, and he called me on FaceTime with that. Ah, we were going to have him on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, but it, but he had that weird face that looks like you have a lot of Botox and uh, like you have oh, no from wearing it. 
No, from it's the oh, the, the VR he, he uh, emulated three D face. So yeah. he called me like that, and then he pulled up one of my websites, but then he couldn't figure out how to make the window bigger. So it's <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, "What's it like to look at these colors in 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 VR?" And and when it was kind of a small, he could share his screen, so I could see his pass through image and then the floating window, but it was kind mm. of tiny. Okay. Yeah. I had heard like the the FaceTime thing was kind of the they had put the most energy of anything they did on it into that. It, which it I found... really looks like a sh a shitty uh, like an, a bad app for Windows. It doesn't feel like a Mac app when you see it. Well, what I find interesting about just like the story of them putting a lot of energy into it is I know exactly why. Uh, from a pro like because I'm a product designer, they would have had several principles based on an insight, and the number one insight that you shared earlier is prison on your face. So they would have said, okay, how are we going to make this product about connecting people? And they'd be like, well, <laughs> top of the list, FaceTime. Yeah. Got to pull in FaceTime. Got to scan the face. That would have been at the very top. That's how the eyes, I think, got on And not an emoji. Yeah, but it's it, for me as a product designer, it's very fascinating just to see that because that's a different set of decisions that but they made. But this is, yeah, this yeah. is exactly like, I could talk about this for hours and I'm sure the next few months, everybody's going to talk about it the same yeah. way everyone talked about blockchain. Yeah. And I remember the first time uh, I was part of a conversation at a museum with the board. It's private, so I can't mention it. But the conversation was not about art at all. It was all about, like, how can we bring our collection to the blockchain? What is the blockchain going to be like? It was all about money. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I was surprised it wasn't just money. And then, talking about. and then later I was in a panel talk at MoMA about NFTs, and people asked me questions about money, and I just, stopped, I just flat out refused. Like, I don't want to talk about money or power. I'm an artist period mm -hmm. and then there's one final note before we end the podcast immediately when people say <laughs> i don't want to talk it. about money yeah like oh yeah you come from infinite wealth my favorite thing though on that topic it, my yeah. favorite artist of all time is chris burden put his tax returns on cable television as an well, advertisement i understand that but it's still mentioning money yeah and so there's a thing no but he was making he was kind of making a comment at the time like you know yeah but it, even if you say i'm poor you're still talking about money but mm -hmm. it, he yeah. was very poor actually that that was probably what he proved but you should put your tax returns on the internet <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't kidding. think so but but um i i hope that this podcast gave a message of uh, possibility and not a message of like oh well, he's from mm -hmm. the Netherlands, so he has it easy. Or and I'm I'm from what whatever, and I can't do. I, I hope. I mean, if I if I was allowed to give you one last piece of advice on this podcast, yeah. I mean, I'll still continue to give you advice as a friend. Would be like, don't worry about what others think, because you always told me that, you know. And like, honestly, no, like, but yeah. I, I I I don't care what other people think about me in general. But mm -hmm. a lot of the things I do, like putting art online, which is a very affordable medium. Mm -hmm or creating BYOB or creating a podcast or making a, a browser extension that's available for free. These are all gestures towards making an art system that's about sharing and enabling and opening up without, yeah. without making art where I'm like, oh, I made a painting and it has people from every country in the world look we're all happy to get like not that literal no i know but i would never so, second guess your contributions because i you know i decided no like, but years i, ago, I over the years from the part i heard a lot of times people coming yeah but Raphael's from infinite wealth so it's easy for him mm. and that's something that frustrated me after doing the podcast where i was trying to be like look you can make a website just a text editor you don't need a studio you don't need all the an assistant you don't need yeah. a storage and da 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 and 
So I'm hoping that that message of possibility comes across, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it does. Um, yeah. But, you know, certainly you've made a tremendous contribution in my career and I'm extremely grateful for our friendship. Yeah. And um, yeah. and I've heard from others too. So. And I always hope that you get more selfish, but maybe that's a, a false hope. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I get I, like, I find heard, that you, your best yeah. work is when you're selfish. So. Yeah. But there are different love languages and I think mine, you know, is giving. Yeah. So uh, I like, and I know yours is too. So at the same time, that's why yeah. we're friends, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, I, I'm very curious. Um, Maybe we'll come back and I think conversations are always interesting, but right now I feel like less conversation is better for my work. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Well, we can still follow you on uh, Instagram. Yeah. That's the hypocrisy. <laughs> I'll still be there promoting my stuff, but you won't, you'll be, I don't know if you'll be on X. Is that still a thing? I feel like every time I go, it's like worse. And worse I, there's but... a funny post on my X right now. And, mm -hmm. um, it's also on my Instagram, this. but let me read it to you. I, I got a message on Instagram from someone. Hello, Raphael. I love your work. It's really fun. Is your website like that on purpose? Or you haven't had the time to design it? I can help you with this. Yeah. My <laughs> inbox is so full of that, like that kind of spam. Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah. All right. Well, on that note, you know, this podcast uh, probably could have used the help of a professional, but thank you all for, <laughs> for yeah. listening for so long. And we're going to take a pause as Raphael kind of like slipped it in there, but what we never deliberately said here. Uh, and we might come back at some point. We might not, but what maybe can, we do it once a year. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, but you can have conversations without us. Uh, you can think out loud in your community. So I'd encourage you to go set up those coffee dates with your friends and, and, or maybe not, maybe just focus on writing like Raphael said, but um, you know, we've, we've kind of made, we've made like over 200 episodes. So go to the back catalog yeah, and I'm sure AI can extrapolate our train of thought, and so we don't even have to do anything. Oh my goodness, yes. So potentially, yeah, maybe we don't need to exist anymore because we've created the genome for our exactly. <laughs> future hosts. Um, but anyway, thank you, Raphael. I just want to thank you personally. And um, Yeah, thank you. It was really fun, and uh, uh, I think maybe we've just explored enough, you know. Enough for now, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, everybody, for listening. That was great. Thank you all. Goodbye. Bye.